You guys are still alive? Yeah! Holy sh... The average person touches their face two or three thousand times a day. Three to five times every waking minute. You gotta isolate the sick, and I mean really isolate them. We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. We're doing that. No, stuff. we're not doing it. And if one of them has got it, that's ten of them has got it. What does it mean? Judy, what does it mean? They're checking for elevated Hello and welcome to Apocalyptic, a movie review podcast for apocalyptic films. We are currently recording on May 20th, 2020. Um, the two movies we're going to do in this podcast are Space Jam and Osmosis Jones. We'll get to those in just a minute. Um, I'm here today with Cammie. Hi. And Chris. Ahoy. And Andrew. Hello. And I am Jeff. And we have a shout-out, I believe, Andrew. Yeah, so uh, it's been really cool because we've been getting a lot of really great comments on all of our posters. And uh, I wanted to shout-out specifically uh, Beast <laughs> Amongst the Human Sheep. Um, <laughs> these names are hilarious. Uh, but this was a comment uh, on the Idiocracy uh, poster that we have on Instagram. And... He said, uh, when this movie first came out, I said within the next 20 years, society would be that stupid. It didn't take 20 years. Um, so anyway, I appreciate that comment, and I just wanted to shout him out. Thank you for uh, the comment, and thank you for being a new listener. So Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew, for that one. It's not just our family now. There are other people out there. Yeah, pretty cool, right? You Growing. guys like us. You kind of like us. <laughs> That's actually very cool. Also nerve-wracking because, you know, like, there's these strangers who are listening to us. How many of those are Angela Merkel? <laughs> so many. Well, at least at least six, right? Six, six or seven? Yeah. I believe right. you mean Zex, Jeff. Wow, Chris. <laughs> nice that I... glass of wine there. Yeah, I just wanted to get get loose for the heavy cinematic uh, experience we're about to unfold. <laughs> oh jeez. I wish we no actually we did have vodka while we were No no that was the day later, sorry. <laughs> My days are running together. Quarantine life. <laughs> oh, we're not quite there yet, but we will. Uh Chris, give us our uh, our COVID nineteen uh case count update. Ooh, okay. So as of the twentieth of May twenty twenty, we're sitting at one million five hundred and ninety one thousand nine hundred and ninety one cases. As of this evening, we have 94,994 deaths, and we have 370,076 recoveries. So since our last recording on the 13th of May, the number of cases has gone up by 161,643. We have an increase in deaths of 9,797. And the good news, we have another 59,817 recoveries. I'm really hoping the recoveries are going to start going higher than the new cases at some point. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. We haven't quite quite reached that Rubicon yet. Yeah, I feel like that'll be an important one. Well, thank you, and um, our condolences to those who have passed away and family. Uh, Who's affected? Who, who've been impacted. You know, our hearts go out to you guys and ladies and everyone. Um, all right, and... Uh, 
let's talk a little bit about our quarantine life. I actually will start this time. Um, one of my friends pointed out that I had not mentioned something that I've been doing in my quarantine life uh, when he listened to, uh, I think it was The World's End. Um, I've been doing a weekly poker game on Zoom, and uh, it's been actually quite a lot of fun hanging out with people who are in New York and in Los Angeles, um, pretty much all friends from college. And we started doing a, uh, a poker game pretty much weekly. So a shout out to all those who are, uh, who are listening to this, who are part of the poker game. Uh, it's been a lot of fun seeing them again. I've been seeing them more often now than I have in, you know, years. So I'm having that experience with all of them. Have you, you been winning? Uh, I, I did win one, one particular night, but the last, last Sunday was not so good. <laughs> the person who I'm, the person, the person who reminded me to shout out the fact that I was doing the poker game was the one who dominated this last, uh, this last weekend. So of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. He's like, make sure to mention that I won. <laughs> is the, uh, the funds that you're allocating towards this poker match, is it, uh, come out of your Trump bucks? deposit or is it uh how do you decide someone, how much you're willing to put into the pot it's only 10 bucks to buy in it's not not too crazy but someone did suggest doing a trump bucks game so everyone puts in 2400 or 1200 bucks <laughs> that Jesus. no that seemed a little intense and not really <laughs> That's a terrible idea there's a reason why people are holding on to cash right now just <laughs> in case <laughs> i think 1200 bucks toward a poker game you've got to be suspicious of the person who's suggesting that idea He's not a bad poker player. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, so no, that's not, no. So, go ahead. Please, Jeff, tell us more about your quarantine life. <laughs> I'm so Jesus sorry. Christ. I was going to answer Chris's question. Welcome to Apocalyptic, Jeff's <laughs> live show. <laughs> Brought to you by Jeff and these other three goons. We don't want to hear from them, though. <laughs> no. I was going to say, though, the, way, the, the money I'm, I'm using in the poker game is coming from Dad's contribution to the New York Times. Because <laughs> he Venmos me. And then I use that Venmo money to go to poker. I apologize. That was such unnecessary information. Cammy. I'm so glad that we figured out important. where Jeff's poker money is coming from. Because God knows, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> riveting riveting stuff okay so i didn't have anything with that much more value to contribute though um yes gonna, so now I, I don't even want to share what i've been doing <laughs> um so a guilty pleasure of mine in the past has been um sims and like a long time ago we got this used playstation 3 and i got sims 3 to play with it, on it and i was like well if just gonna be playing poker I'm going to like go ahead and enjoy some Sims, right? Go to set it up. I hadn't played in like a long time. I was so stoked. I had like my lot of time. And as it turns out, PlayStation 3 had tur like, turned off the servers for Sims 3. Oh. So lost a whole lot of work there. But um, as the silver lining, we ended up getting Animal Crossing. So um, I got to set, set up my island and... We've been planting some oranges and some roses, so it's good times. So not only are you gardening at your real home, you're now gardening in Animal Crossing. Welcome. It nears it exactly, because um, this past week we actually 
we transformed this like three-tiered fountain like that came with our house like we hate it because it just attracts a lot of mosquitoes when you put water in it and so i turned it into a succulent planter and then like i started playing animal crossing and they're like hey like mash together these weeds and this can and you can have like a succulent plant and i was like oh exactly what i did yesterday cool art is imitating life at this point (laughs) just watch out for the scorpions and the tarantulas they'll get you oh they're bad you shouldn't catch them you if you can that's good but they might bite you i've seen them and scurrying around i try to chase them and i didn't realize they were bad I'll stop chasing yeah, them. They're, they're bad. But try catching them. If you can, uh, the, the, the owl dude will love it. Forget his name. Well, I thought he hated insects, so I've been trying not to. He hates not. insects, but he just carefully puts it in the museum. This is a very, very uh, highbrow game. <laughs> what have you been doing, Andrew? <laughs> um, what have I been doing? I, um, well... I was cutting my toenails the other night. Uh, ah. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, and while I was doing this, I was sitting on the toilet, not doing anything other than cutting my toenails, but I was sitting on the toilet as I was doing this, and I was watching the news on my tablet that was just sitting on the bathroom floor, and I dropped my toenails, the toenail clippers, on the screen, and it just combusts. I was, so, I was oh. like... No. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you're laughing at Yeah. But luckily I have some insurance uh for the for the tablet there. And um the problem with this situation, so all that was taken care of seemingly it's like okay, I've got I've got a new tablet on, on the way here. But um I was charged six times of that same repair cost. <laughs> so oh, what should have been char- one charge ended up being seven charges, six or seven charges. And uh, yeah, that was uh, a very shocking thing to see. Uh, pr- practically my bank account just... <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is probably... Terribly. This is, <laughs> this is probably more information than we need, but like, were those pending transactions and they or they went through? No, they went through. Oh, jeez. And so yeah, that's, that, that's that was a whole, that was a whole, I have no idea how that happened. There was some weird systematic error, and, and luckily, um, you know, it was ultimately handled. But, you know, there's, with banks, it takes like three to five business days. And so I'm just like yeah. constantly looking at my bank account. It's just like, when is this going to be solved? Luckily, they were, you know, willing to take away that uh, charge ultimately, but Man, it was a stressful time uh, on the phone for hours between my bank and, and uh, the insurance and everything. So right. and, luckily, uh, it'll be solved. Nice. And Chris, tell us about your, uh, your quarantine life recently. Well, I'm in the, the final stages of a 400-foot chain-link fence that I've been working on for 10 days. So I have all the posts concreted. I have all the cross braces installed. I just need to put up the actual chain link. So I'm feeling pretty good about that and stumbled my way through that, that whole uh, project. 
and I was able to also uh, successfully attach some farm gates to uh, to some railroad posts in one of our yards. So we'll have a fully enclosed um, backyard, hopefully in the next few days. So nice, I'm pretty, nice. pretty stoked about that. So that's how I've been filling my time is with that. I'm excited to be uh, to get over there at some point and see the your handiwork. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, well, it was the, the best thing that we did was uh, my father-in-law purchased a, a gasoline powered auger. And so I didn't have to dig the 41 holes that are all two feet deep. And so what would have been probably something that I would still be doing now, we were able to do basically in two afternoons of work. So if you're ever going to build a fence, I would highly recommend shelling out a couple hundred bucks for an auger because it uh, comes in very handy. Gotcha. Nice. Well, there's the advice out there for for everyone. I can't, yeah, I can't wait to see this castle. <laughs> and I'm not particularly handy. And so what I've learned is that if I can do something like this, then almost anyone else can, because this is not something that comes naturally to me. But how's your, how's your moat coming along? Well, the, uh, that was one of the challenges is because of the, 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 uh, the runoff holes, there's a big chunk of concrete that I had to break up to put a post through it. So I got to do like a Keanu Reeves, John Wick in the basement, just slamming concrete with a, with a sledgehammer. And there's something very satisfying about just hitting the shit out of rock with a hammer. Wow. There you go. <laughs> well, it's like chopping wood too, but with this, you can actually just be relentless and just like, doesn't matter where you hit really. Right. With like concrete. Yeah, it's, concrete. it's very, very cathartic. Mm. Well, I was like breaking up dirt with a, what'd you call it? A weed, a weed puller router. Sure. Yeah, sure. that's a technical Is that a technical term? term? Yeah, very technical I term. I don't know. It kind of looks like a goat foot. It's just very, like, two-pronged. Yeah. Well, I was using that to break up dirt to try and, like, make it fluffier for putting... We, we planted snap peas and green beans, and so, like, I was trying to break up the dirt and make it, um, you know, aerated a little bit, and that was quite... So is this an Animal Crossing you were doing this? This is real life, actually. <laughs> oh, real life. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was a non-digital snack. I pee. wish planting was as easy as it is in Animal Crossing. In Animal Crossing, <laughs> you eat some fruit, and suddenly you have, like, Superman powers. Yeah. Unfortunately, real See, life I is told you. Now you're not Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris, just you yeah. wait. Just, like, a few, like, a month or two from now, you're going to be sucked in. Animal <laughs> I doubt it. Look at that gonna, face. He's gonna be very busy in a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't. This is currently my downtime, so I'm not sure when I'm gonna suddenly. Plus, there's there's other stuff that's got to be done, man. Like I've got to. There's other projects now. I got to work on a horse fence for the other yard, and I've got to. Well, actually, technically, that's Anna's project, but there's other <laughs> stuff that will slowly. You say that now. <laughs> Plus, I don't no, plan on right. doing as it is. Yeah. Tomorrow we might. Maybe tomorrow. Sounds like you guys are. Well, let's move forward, guys, to Space Jam. In the deepest reaches of space, a sinister force prepares an invasion. And all that stands between the world and disaster. Uh, you were expecting maybe the Easter Bunny? Is a rabbit, a duck, a doll, and a bull. Not that bull. Smile, okay? This bull. What kind of camera is that? What's going on here? 
I thought you'd never ask. Don't move a muscle. You see, these aliens come from outer space. They want to make us slaves, so we challenge them to a basketball game. You heard of the dream team? Well, we're the mean team. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is... We need your help! Perhaps I could be of some assistance. <sighs> On November 15th... Get ready to run. The Monstars stole the talent from the NBA players. Get ready to slam. Five NBA players all suffering from the same mysterious ailment. Get ready to jam. But what if we win? Forgive me. Warner Brothers. How about we go out and kick some alien butt, huh? Invites you. Ready? To enter a world beyond any you've ever imagined. Hey, what the... Nice butt! Michael Jordan. Bugs Bunny. And the best of the NBA. Doc, yes. you go to the hall and dominate. We own defense. Oh, yeah. Whoa, I don't play defense. Space Jam, an Ivan Reitman comedy of epic proportions. I love basketball. Try your best in everything you do. Uh. Only in theaters November 15th. Directed by Joe Bitka. <laughs> Directed by Joe Bitka. <laughs> Who? Well, they emphasize Ivan Reitman. Yeah, well, he's the producer on it. Yeah, well, but just, it, you know, usually they don't, like, I guess they're, the only person I can think of that's featured as a producer oftentimes is uh, Michael Bay. And maybe Steven mm. Spielberg, too. Like their well, name yeah, it's, has... It's like Transformers. They, they, they advertise the fact that Steven Spielberg is executive producing a Transformers movie. Because they're yes. trying to just not have... Why did that you know, even happen? Ugh. Money. Because the EP gets just... <laughs> yeah. I don't. Does he even show up on set? Does he do anything? No, I don't think so. No. He might make some phone calls, but hey, we don't know, Chris. We don't know. We don't. We don't. Um, the uh, the synopsis of the film, uh, which pretty much is described fairly well within the, the trailer, uh, is a group of aliens are sent to kidnap the Looney Tunes to be used as an attraction in a celestial theme park. In a desperate move, the Looney Tunes challenge the aliens to a game of basketball and recruit Michael Jordan to help them win after the aliens steal basketball talent from famous NBA players. Actually, I think the aliens steal uh, the basketball talent after they find out that Michael Jordan is going to be playing for the Looney Tunes, right? I think it's the the challenge into a basketball game. Then the aliens steal You're the, right. You're the right, talent, right. and then they recruit Michael Jordan. So You're it kind right. of is weird in my in my synopsis. It mixes it a little bit up. Um, so the audience may be wondering why we thought this movie was appropriate for apocalyptic. <laughs> so it's definitely not a movie about the end of the world. <laughs> so Cami so, so and I watched. <laughs> so Cami and I we watched this movie. Just for fun, was it like a month ago yeah, or two months ago sure. or something? I don't know. I don't remember. It's quarantine times. <laughs> and this was when COVID was already a thing. I think quarantines had begun or there was kind of Italy was being impacted pretty heavily. Um, no, I think it was around the time that the NBA was having their, the players were starting to get sick. Um, and that's, we, we watched this movie and what struck us was that in the film, when the aliens steal the talent from the basketball players the nba thinks it's a virus that's affecting the basketball players what is most remarkable is just how 
seriously the the players push for um stopping games or for um not like sharing changing rooms like a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now um being well we were seeing in the last few months being called for in real life so just it's so funny because this movie like when you watch it as a kid like these scenes you you, i don't i don't even remember them happening i don't know if i tuned them out they didn't have cartoons in them so i was like whatever but like watching it now well, I, I I think I watched the thing in the last within the last ten years. Didn't even think and I didn't register it. either. Well, it struck me is there's a scene where the players yeah are refusing to go into the locker room, and they're changing in the hallways, but they even put on like full on like gas masks to protect themselves. Now we take you live to the forum in Los Angeles, where the Lakers are refusing to take the court. <laughs> Guys, we gotta get dressed. We got a game in five minutes. I mean, we're talking about a huge fine here. No way, coach. We can't go in the locker room. Oh. Girl, we happened to bark near Ewing. It's gotta be germs in there or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. That was in New York, 3,000 miles away. Bacteria like that can travel faster than the speed of light. Yeah, it could be an invasion of a body snatcher. Yeah, 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 it could be. All right. Dress in the hallway. Okay. okay. Um, and like the NBA completely closes, they, they stop the season. They, like, tent, I think, a stadium or something. There's a whole scene, like, outside of a basketball stadium with, like, reporters and the police and quarantine-type stuff. Listen, after meeting with team owners, I have decided that until we can guarantee the health and safety of our NBA players, there will be no more basketball this season. It was remarkable when we saw this, like, wow, this is... This is just oddly familiar because, I mean, it was the NBA was really the first sports organization that stopped doing games after COVID kind of began affecting sports players. Mm -hmm. They canceled the season pretty quickly. Um, But yeah, that is the reason why we decided it was an appropriate film. Do you guys agree with our choice or our suggestion that this was an appropriate film for Apocalyptic? So I, I would say that the, the world's end at the time was our biggest stretch. This is by far <laughs> the biggest stretch. <laughs> That's fair. But 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 hey, you know, at least for me, it was a good uh, excuse to rewatch this movie. Um, I'm actually I'm, I'm curious because I don't think we're gonna dive too deep into just scene by scene with this movie. But uh, but I am curious. Um, what your uh, nostalgic factor was for this movie. Like, for me, as a kid, this this movie was huge. Like, I was obsessed with this movie. I had a bunch of little, like, toys that were, like, essentially Bugs Bunny and crew wearing the Toon Squad uh, jerseys. I believe I even almost... I, I'm pretty sure I had a Toon Squad jersey. <laughs> um, and I listened to the soundtrack uh, all the time, too. That's the nostalgia Soundtrack. right there. This movie was one of those that um, we went to see as a family. And for those who don't know my family, my brothers and I were all four years apart. And this was one movie that like united like the three of us. Like the three of us equally were obsessed with it. My older brother had like a like a leather Letterman's jacket with like Looney Tunes on it. Wow. My younger brother, like I remember, like we had like a small basketball hoop that we bought because of this movie. And he had like a bull, like a bull's like little outfit. Like he, 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 he lived in Florida. He knew nothing about the <laughs> Chicago Bulls, but this movie, yeah, me too. Like impacted I, all I, three I, of us. Yeah, I like. 
I was living in Toronto at the time, so like the Raptors, and I'm not at all a basketball guy, but the Toronto Raptors was the only team that I was really aware of. But then like Michael Jordan and the Bulls, I was like obsessed with just like this concept of this superhuman that was Michael Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. solely based on this movie. Andrew, you must have been pretty young because this came out in '96, and I saw. Yeah. It, I remember seeing it in theaters. Yeah, I was seven. My sister was like just born. Like around. My in wife, th- my wife was too. In, in, <laughs> in theaters, Chris. What an interesting point to make. How did this do in theaters, Chris? Oh, Great good. segue. The box office for this, the budget was eighty million dollars. And so, as a result of that, the it did it did pretty well. The domestic total was ninety million, and then the international was another one hundred and forty million. Oh, a worldwide wow. total of two hundred and thirty million four hundred and eighteen thousand. Now that may not seem like a lot in today's dollars, but in nineteen ninety six, that was a lot of money, and it probably also the the fact that the international total was was pretty high and was probably just due to the fact that Jordan was an international star. It was not just something where he was, you know, known in the U.S. He was was is a worldwide brand. I thought the Looney Tunes, I think. And the Looney Tunes, but I I would argue that since they're you know it just helped that he uh, was probably the he's most the famous basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is definitely the most famous basketball player. I would say he's yeah. probably especially now with the whole documentary about him too, which I have not seen and I don't know too much about. But like you know, he's probably the most famous basketball player of all time. I'd say that's a fair characterization. Most well known. Um, and you know what? His acting is not too bad. I don't think his acting is what? that bad in this movie. I think he, for speaking, think about if you're having to act in front of like a green screen or a blue screen to characters that are not there. I think he did a pretty remarkable job for that task. But a lot of the shots are just basically three seconds of him either opening his eyes really wide or giving a sidelong <laughs> glance or looking kind of exasperated. And it's just they, it's just long enough so they get... Someone says, Michael, I want you to do this, and we're going to record yep. just that, and that's it. <laughs> and that's pretty much the extent of almost all the shots. I watched this yesterday, so it's still very fresh in my brain the number of times it's just two seconds of Michael Jordan with some type of emotional expression, and then cut to Porky Pig. What about yeah. the locker room scene? He doesn't he give like a nice speech in the locker room? <laughs> I think we should quit, 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 forfeit. Yeah. Listen. I didn't get dragged down here just to get my butt whipped by a bunch of ugly monsters. I ain't going out like that. We're letting them push us around. We gotta fight them back. We gotta take it to them. We gotta get right in their faces. And what do you say? Are you with me or not? Yeah, finished? Uh, great speech and all, Doc. Uh, you had him riveted. <laughs> I, you know, I thought he was really good, uh... When he was like, whenever he was with his family, I thought that because it was just him just being himself ultimately. But that's not, I don't think his real family. Well, it's not his real family. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, oh, but, but, it, but it wasn't asking much for him to do. He was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, the dog licked my face. Uh, gross. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it's interesting uh, since we're uh, sort of on the topic of the box office, I'm looking at. Uh, Looney Tunes back in action, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, stars the the wonderful Brendan Fraser, <laughs> and um, 
You know, that Love had them. a budget of 80 million as well, uh, but worldwide only brought in uh, 68. So I think there is Oof. 68 million. And I, I think there's something to be said about the fact that Michael Jordan was in this movie that really brought more than yeah. just the Looney Tunes. Well, the biggest uh, animated bombs that Warner Brothers had were Looney Tunes back in action. Iron Giant and Osmosis Jones. Ooh, we will get to. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well, we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a moment. <laughs> yeah. I also thought it was funny that Michael Jordan's house, it's a nice home, but it felt like unrealistic yeah. for Michael Jordan's home. Like, it was kind of yeah. messy and like, it just it's felt in an, off. It's in Nothing went together. And, I felt like, bad. People have access to him. Like they can drive by in front of his house and yell out of a convertible. Yeah. They're him. like, hey, Michael. It's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> Finger guns at him. Michael! <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a little unrealistic, I suppose, but... For, I so really enjoy like um, the basketball Jones scene where they're going through the testing, the, the affected oh basketball gosh. players. It's great. And yeah. they're trying to figure out like what the hell could be wrong with them. They go to like all sorts of specials, including... Um, what was it? A medium? Yeah. <laughs> who like actually diagnoses them accurately and they're like, Anna, this is garbage. Yeah. So I we're out of order, but that's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah? That's actually the really that, the fact that one. she comp- yeah. she absolutely she guesses she doesn't guess, but she basically predicts well, <laughs> or reveals the entire storyline to them mm-hmm. and they're incredulous to this. And the fact that it just makes it so that she absolutely was right. Clearly tarot card readers, they know what they're doing because this one pegged it perfectly. I see aliens, little aliens from outer space. They force their way inside your bodies. They need your talent to win a basketball game against Bugs Bunny. I also see Michael Jordan being sucked down a golf hole by furry creatures. That's it, we're out of here. We're leaving now. Let's try some acupuncture. Good idea. Bye. That's that's my favorite scene. Well, yeah, the, the psychology, the psychologist, and like everything about that whole montage is wonderful. Like it, it's, it's so good. It, Great tall joke so, of like only like the doctor and the short guy making it. What's his it's name? so that? funny it... that that tarot card scene. My sister and I were watching it, and then my mom came in uh, right at that tarot card scene, and so I I was about to be like. Yeah, so this is what you missed, but then the tarot card scene pretty much just explains <laughs> literally everything up until that moment. So it's like, so good. She just did it. <laughs> like, thanks, lady. She's done that for the synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> you just play that so, scene. Before we move on from Jeff, to, you you mentioned the uh, the house that he lived in and just yeah. how kind of silly that was. So I, I the, Michael is currently attempting to sell a house in Chicago. And yeah. he hasn't been able to. It was originally listed life. at 20, 20, in real life. Originally listed at $29 million. It's now cut to like 14. 56,000 square feet. He is still paying a hundred grand a year in property taxes. And it has... How do you know uh, did, you 50, did you say 56,000 square feet? Yes. So him walking up in that nice tree-lined street into that house, as nice as it was, <laughs> it was clearly not accurate because this place is seven acres that's like a mall <laughs> yeah the house in this movie is like he lives in the same block as uh like the home alone family yeah, yeah. that's what it feels like <laughs> for sure 
Oh man. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm that's not photographs of this yeah. this place. It has also over a dozen bathrooms. Who How needs? How many people in his family? A dozen you know, I don't bathrooms. Like, I don't like to use the same toilet in a month if I can help it. <laughs> <laughs> Prefer wow. not to, thank you. Wow. Yeah, it's a little intense. Well, he, he, he was a little bit more humble uh, in this film, maybe. Yes. Yeah, he just like, had a failed bat- baseball career. He just was down and out. Baseball, that's right. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was also, a very you know, short-lived career. It's, it's so interesting that this movie is also semi-autobiographical. Yeah, I like how it brings in some of that. My assumption part? is... Yes, the aliens part, Chris. That's what I was first. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, when he lands I mean, in his baseball game in the spaceship. Well, it's like the the what's interesting is that this movie sort of it, it sheds light on his short-lived ba- uh, baseball career. I almost said basketball career. That made no sense. That blip in it. But it is. But it is. It is pretty interesting though that like he, by virtue of him doing this movie, he kind of admits to the fact that that part of his career wasn't really that fulfilling mm-hmm. you know i don't know I, I i i feel like michael jordan really kind of like shed a lot of his like him, it, himself in this it may have film. been it's kind of cool it may have been cathartic for him potentially yeah if he was yeah, sort of maybe. admitting to it um, well it has that really heartfelt scene between him and his um dad right in the opening yeah where you find out that his dad was a baseball player i don't know how many people knew that knew about that when they saw his failed baseball career so it kind of like gives context for why he even tried yeah that's true totally good point and in the background you have the uh the soothing tones of r kelly it's so good man it's still so good i I can't listen it's to still, R. Kelly anymore. It breaks it, my heart. But that soundtrack, the Space Jam soundtrack, is so damn good. Like, really good. That is probably more of a connection for me than the movie itself. Because we had the CD, and it was just so good to listen to. Like, it was I'm going to focus on, on like Seals tracks and yes. like the Space Jam theme. Because <laughs> that Jam theme. Space Jam theme slaps. It's so good. <laughs> See, on the uh, in the special hey, features, oh, what you gonna this, do? The uh, seal has a music video in it, and I highly recommend checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> we will do that for sure. Yeah, good. Oh, oh man. man, that's good. Oh, Larry Bird is also wonderful in this movie. I think Larry Bird is just. I want to hug him. Wonderfully entertaining. <laughs> Larry yeah. Bird, also Bill Murray, man. I love yeah, Bill, Bill Murray to death, and I think he's great in this movie. <laughs> I, he just, any, any, I mean, maybe I'm just biased, but I find that anything, any any appearance with Bill Murray, especially when it's like a self appearance, like he plays himself in this, yeah. uh, it's just, just really <laughs> funny to me. And all he wants to do is, now that the NBA, the professional NBA players are like losing their talents, he sees his opportunity <laughs> To potentially join the NBA, and that's sort of like his through line with this movie. Mike, I gotta ask you something. The NBA has to face reality. What's happening to these players is serious. They're gonna need new players with talent, guys who are skilled but never really thought about a professional career before. You think I got a shot? Come on, really. No. Don't kid me. Listen, it's a man's game, and you can't play. What if I tried really hard? Can you keep it down? I'm trying to hit this ball. It's because I'm white, isn't it? No. 
Larry's white, so what? Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Got gotcha. you, Larry. Oh, boy, that's nice. Get inside of his ball. Oh, you clowns can't beat that. It's the best shot I ever hit. You haven't been playing long. It's a Hall of Fame shot. Well, you know, I, I, I used to be able to say that I just loved seeing Bill Murray and anything I saw him in, but I can't say that anymore. <laughs> Why? Because of our next film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. Like, it's, rumor has it, and I think this is true, that Bill Murray doesn't have an agent. He just has a voicemail. And so I've heard that he doesn't have a phone either. He only gets phones when on productions. Like if you want to reach him, like good luck. You have to call that voicemail and say like, "Hey, pitch it through there," and then maybe it'll get to him. He's one of the only people true. that could like do stuff like that, where people are like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's Bill Murray." So. It's Bill Murray, of course. Yeah, yeah. The other uh, rumor that I'd heard about him was that he would show up to college parties sometimes. Love like, that rumor. In Chicago, and just yeah. He'd, you know, insist that the people at the party wouldn't call to tell other people that he was at the party because he would then yeah. just leave and then no one would believe that he was there anyway. But I wonder <laughs> how many of these just, you know, pop up in some Reddit chat room and somehow get disseminated. And now it just makes sense because we want that to be the Bill Murray. I want real. that to be true so bad. Based on that rumor in like 2000, I want to say 11 or 12 my roommates and I threw a Bill Murray party where everybody had to come dressed as a Bill Murray character. Oh, that's great. And we put like a big sign outside of the house being like, Bill Murray, we're here. We're... And we had like a karaoke party. It was phenomenal. Awesome. I would love it if Bill Murray showed up to a Bill Murray party. He'd be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm Bill Murray. I'm already dressed up as, as Bill Murray. I know, I know that oh, uh, good. Uh, Jonah Hill came, came to a Jonah Hill party. Apparently that happens yeah? every year. And uh, that's the awesome. second year that they did it, he did that. And another uh, aside, because I, I have to bring it up, uh, recently it was announced that Jonah Hill is now the, has the record for most curse words in movies. He's beat out Samuel L. Jackson, and number one is, is Jonah Hill. It's because of Wolf of Wall Street. Um, yeah. Number one is um, Jonah Hill, and number two is Leonardo DiCaprio, and then Samuel L. Jackson. Because of I, Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. For Leo, too. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I had to throw that up there. for who, who gets to set those records? Because you could just make a low-budget movie and break that record. Good point. Right? You'd have to have some kind of, like, we could have a $1,000 movie where it's just someone saying fuck for two hours and bam, you know, I've, I've now won the award for most curses. Maybe it has let's, to be a studio production or theatrically released, maybe. I don't know. I've, let's uh, fucking do it, guys. We can fucking <laughs> yeah. do this together if we fucking do it. Yeah, we got it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I can't. Sorry, I'm gonna make us fail because my mom's an active listener in the show, <laughs> and I censor myself. Like, sorry, mom, I don't want to say fuck. Oh, fuck! I'm gonna get like a text from my mommy, like, do oh, it. Fuck. <laughs> okay, um, let us move though to our favorite scenes. Oh wait, before that, um, they've. I thought this is what you're gonna announce. There's gonna be a, a second Space Jam. Oh no, I have not <laughs> yes. mentioned that. Space Jam 2 is coming with LeBron James. A New Legacy is its full title. Are you excited or indifferent? I'm excited. Or annoyed. I'm genuinely excited. I don't know. I haven't heard before with Looney Tunes back in action. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the only reason why I would say I'm somewhat excited is because um, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was a comedy with Amy Schumer... 
and John Cena and LeBron James is in it and he's quite he's funny. Good. Train wreck. Yeah. Train wreck. He's very good. And he he is legitimately funny and his timing is quite good and that is the only reason why I'm somewhat excited about Looney Tunes or um, Space Jam 2. You want another yes. connection? Chris Rock wrote his lines in Trainwreck? In Trainwreck. Oh, interesting. Osmosis Jones connection there. What were you going to say, Chris? Sometimes, sometimes, Jeff, you and I have the same brain. I was in the process of trying to look up the movie that LeBron James was in because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> really? With, like, with yeah, Andy you, Schumer? You beat me to it. I was running through LeBron James' Wikipedia page trying to figure out his movie roles because like he's in that one movie with Amy Schumer and he's really, really funny. We, Chris, we well, are brothers. We, we are similar in our brains, I suppose. Genetically, yeah. somewhat similar. But yeah, that, I, I, I'm with you that that's probably... I'm not super stoked about another Space Jam movie, but LeBron James doing LeBron James stuff is, is probably going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing too, though, with this movie, like... It's it's gonna be written and produced by Ryan Coogler, so I think that's something to consider. That's cool. That's a good uh, point. And 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 Don Cheadle's in it. I don't know what he's doing, but I like Don Cheadle. Me too. I'm uh, a big Don Cheadle fan. Don I haven't Cheadle seen Black Monday. Eyes. I haven't watched Black Monday yet, but I really would like to. Oh yeah. Is Bill it's, Murray I, back? Ooh, good question. Well, mm, we don't know that just yet, pets. but I think cameo. Yeah. <laughs> or Wayne Knight. That, I'll take Wayne Knight too. Wayne Knight would be fun to be in there too, man. Yeah, because he lost all the weight. Yeah, he is looking a little slender nowadays. He is a know. new man. Will Jordan make an appearance? <laughs> There's so many potential people that can make an so appearance. So many questions. They, they might just they ha- they have to make that you know make that balance of like do we do pure nostalgia or do we really want to define it as something new? It's so. gonna be all fan I mean, service. Is Arkay gonna come back? Sorry, just kidding. The fact that there's a sequel, how many years later? I mean, this is for the most part all nostalgia. It's all fans. It's gonna be it's gonna be the Force Awakens of uh, Space Jam movies. That's the concern (laughs) potentially. Yeah, I think the biggest disappointment so far has been that poster, though. (laughs) You don't like the poster? I don't like the poster. It looks like it says space like. Um, Jaham. Jaham. Yeah, the poster's not that great. The, the the font or graphic design choice is because they're like space choice. and jam have an A. Let's just do big A. Look it up. It's it looks like it says space Jaham. Jaham. <laughs> it is an odd graphic design. Um, but we should move toward review and toilet paper rolls, guys, because we want to get to to uh, Osmosis Jones. Yes. Um, so. I'm going to actually start with favorite scenes. I think we're all going to be similar here unless someone decides to change it up. But I agree with Chris that I think the best scene is the basketball Jones. Basketball Jones, yeah. The scene with the, the players going through all the doctors. and Really good. So I'm going, to, I'm going to say I agree with you, Chris, that that is also my favorite scene. This, this girl, five feet nothing, blocked my shot. When did you first start having this dream? It wasn't a dream. It really happened. Maybe that's why he can't sleep at night. And it climbed up my back and into my brain. Are there any other areas besides basketball where you find yourself yeah. unable to perform? Yeah, yeah. No. I'm just asking. An obsession, a burning desire. I've been MRI, EKG. X-ray, laser beam. I promise I'll never swear again. I'll never get another technical. 
I'll never trash talk. I've got other skills. I could go back and work on a farm. Really? Or maybe I could go back to the jungle and be a missionary again. What are you saying? That I'm trying to disobey my mama? I didn't say that. You did, Muggsy. But I love my mama. You still can't find anything wrong with us. Hey, maybe there's nothing wrong with us. That's right, Muggs. It was just in our head. We're fine. It's just some psychosomatic deal or something to do with the moon or the alignment of the planet. I'll never go out with Madonna again. Um, my favorite scene is, like, on a related note, is when uh, Charles Bar- uh, Barkley, mm-hmm. he's trying to play, like, against a group of girls and gets yeah. owned. Not Charles Barkley. Sing it's it a out. wannabe who looks like him. Sorry. Break out. Shouldn't even be here. Be gone. Wannabe, be gone. As a kid, that, like, seems embarrassed me so much. Like, I couldn't watch. But as an adult, like, I don't know. I just thought that, like, I didn't realize he could act. I was just kind of like, wow, he's, like, so good in this. I don't know. I was just really <laughs> happy for him. <laughs> That's That's it's part of that whole scene, but it's a good moment in it for sure. Yeah, because the girls are like, you're not Charles Barkley. You're just, like, some wannabe who <laughs> looked like him. It's so devastating. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, it's so funny that we've hardly talked about the Looney Tunes aspect of this. Movie. Yep, not even. <laughs> um, I think for my favorite scene, it's so uh, I, I'm having trouble with this one because I, 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 this might not be my favorite scene, but the thing, I, I think the the feeling that I I got when uh, Michael Jordan is first brought to the Looney Tunes world. Oh, uh, look out for that toy step, Doc. It's a real Lulu. Bugs Bunny. Eh, you were expecting maybe the Easter Bunny? You're a cartoon. You're not real. Not real, eh? If I weren't real, could I do this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look. Is that Michael? Michael! It's Air Jordan. (laughs) I told I told. I did. I did tell Michael Jordan. That there's so much nostalgia that comes about from that moment. I, like, I remember as a kid just like wishing that that was real. Like, I could like yeah. go there, and so, um, and I think the the Looney, like you know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and all those characters. I I, I don't know. I, I grew up watching the cartoons, even separate from this movie. So. I had so so many you know good fond memories of that. So when Mike Jordan's first brought there and he's sort of introduced and all of these Looney Tunes characters kind of have their moment to show their weird antics, like when Daffy Duck plays the Doctor and he like shoots Michael Jordan up into the air at, for an examination and all that silly cartoon stuff. Back up! Let the Doctor take a look. Whoop. A little high. No. Going down. <laughs> so, what do you say we go for a little spin? Yeah. Now let's see what we got inside here. They are. All right, he's okay. I I just enjoyed that so much, and especially rewatching it, I just was like, ah. This is exactly why I loved this as a kid. So, um, yeah. But then, then the uh, a quick shout out to the end of the movie 
I, there's maybe two scenes here I'm stealing. I'm sorry. But um, uh, when, when uh, at the very end of the basketball match, they are down one um, player, and who comes to save the day? It's Bill Murray. And uh, All right, you need to score two Here's points. Here's how I see it. Duck. Yes. You kick it into the girl bunny yeah. down in the post. You dish it back out to the guy bunny. Got you it. swing it around the mic over here. You go Bill. to the hole Bill. and dominate. We own defense. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I don't play defense. Typical. All right, you're going to have to listen to Mike on this, guys. Okay. Listen up. Uh, I just, he, I don't know, he's just so funny. And uh, anyway, two scenes, uh, but yeah. Andrew, I like as a true fan, you called it a basketball match. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling out my non-sports. Uh, like, you know, like when they play the football mine. on the pitch. <laughs> Andrew just spit everywhere. <laughs> That's why he's got the protector on his microphone. Uh, that's good. That's a Go, my favorite program. sports team! Score a goal unit! Go. Basket! <laughs> I love how, like, Bill Murray gets asked by, like, another character, like, how the hell did you even get here? And he's just like, oh, I'm friends with somebody. Yeah. And that's yeah. actually how he got on the movie. It was like he was friends with, like, a producer or something. And they're like, mm-hmm. brought him in. That's silly. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, do you want to talk about your favorite scene at all? Because I know that you kind of already mentioned it. Oh, just the 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 fact that it, the fact that the medium, like perfectly interpreted what was happening, and obviously they're all think she's crazy because you know she says that a bunch of space aliens have stolen their powers to fight the Looney Tunes. It's just <laughs> the combination of words is just so silly. And then they're just we're out of here. You're 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 out of your mind. And like she was right, and she gets no credit for that. Yeah. The other thing I thought was funny that I I did not pick up on when I was a child was. Uh, the fact that there was an erectile dysfunction joke yeah. on the couch. Oh, which, right. Yep, yep. Which was just something that I'm, I'm guessing was one of those things they throw in for the parents when they're in the movie theater with all the yeah. screaming kids because you got to have some adult <laughs> jokes, and I thought that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> all right, uh, let's do our reviews, guys. How many toilet paper rolls? Um, who would like to go first on their toilet paper roll review amount? Do I have a volunteer? <laughs> I'll go first. Go for it, Chris. I, I would I would give this four toilet paper rolls, and that's generous because I don't feel the same nostalgia that it, I think Andrew does, at least specifically. And there's just so many silly things about this, and I found Michael's acting pretty atrocious, other than maybe the locker room pep speech. But I think that's because he does have practice giving pep speeches, so he just was far more in his element for that particular uh, paragraph of dialogue whereas everything else was stuff he's not used to saying mostly because he's conversing with cartoon characters so sad chris and that is a great scene though i would say with the with the, the power juice? juice or whatever power juice <laughs> michael stuff michael stuff yeah didn't you forget something what your secret stuff <laughs> <laughs> Hey. 
I, I'd like some of that. You know, this goes against everything they taught me in health class. You want to win or not? Bottoms up. <laughs> Yummy. All right. How about we go out and kick some alien butt, huh? Let's go. How about it, huh? Ready? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel as strongly <laughs> about this after rewatching it, and it's probably been a decade or more, maybe two decades since I've seen this this film, and. I like I do like the blending of the live action and the animated, but it's just it's it's just kind of silly all around, and I don't I guess I don't really uh, warm to those kinds of things anymore. Hmm. That was one of the sadder things you've said, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't warm to those things anymore. Not not since quarantine. <laughs> not since quarantine began. <laughs> We've seen too much shit. <laughs> Bugs Bunny doesn't do it for me anymore. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go. Um, I'm gonna give it a, a seven out of ten. Um, and I was actually debating whether to do seven or eight, so I was more on the higher end of a seven, frankly. Um, I think it is a fun story. I think the Looney Tunes are great. I don't mind Michael Jordan's acting. I think there are moments that impress me. Um, I it's got a good fun plot. It's a kid's movie. Um, I look forward to watching this with uh, my son at some point. I think he'll enjoy it. I assume and I'll enjoy it with him. Um, and it feels... I don't know how to describe it. It has... It feels like a movie from the 90s. I don't know how tonally or visually it achieves that, but it kind of the just... Suits. The suits. I think you, you, you may be very... What they're wearing, it feels 90s. Like... I felt transported back a little bit, um, and I think that makes me that makes me really happy. You know, we're now in the 2020s. You know, all these kids that you know talk about, oh yeah, I'm a 90s kid because they were born in 98, which is BS. Um, you know, we literally we grew up in the 90s, right? Um, and this sort of brought me back to that, and that makes me really happy. So I'm giving a seven toilet paper rolls. I think it's the sheer amount of merch that came out of this movie. It's the merch. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like the like the Michael Jordan sneakers, all that. The Air Jordans, there we go. Oh, my God. That was like the peak right after this, right? I don't know. I'm yeah. not it's, yeah. it's been around for a while, but maybe. Yeah, I, I remember hunting for Air Jordans back when I was in seventh grade. And it was like going mall to mall back when you did that sort of thing, trying to find a specific pair of light blue and gray Air Jordans. It was the same year that the team <laughs> North Jordans Carolina came colors. Out. Yeah, it was the North Carolina colors, and they were impossible to find. They were one hundred and fifty dollars, yep. and I had money saved just for those shoes. Never found them because the only pair I ever came across after going to four different malls across Indianapolis was a pair of size eighteens. Jesus, um, <laughs> I obviously could not fit into with twelve pairs of socks. <laughs> not that I'm, not that I'm, with, like my mom and I trying to hunt down a Tamagotchi. It was impossible. Oh, yeah, not that I'm still sore about this at all. That no. I got those. Uh, you don't sound bitter. Those damn Jordans. Uh, Andrew, Cami. I'm gonna go ahead and be bold and give it an eight. Nice. I just it might be like heavily influenced in this nostalgia, but. The parts that I no longer enjoy, whatever, but like it, I, I like the new appreciation I have for the scenes that I used to hate. It just it it warms my heart that like the the moments that I enjoy the most no longer are about the the cartoon characters. 
despite like the bad acting, I just really enjoy like the humor around um, the basketball players and their plights. I just I I, I love that those sequences so much, especially like when they get their powers back. It just like the joy in their hearts. Like after like they can't like quite dribble, <laughs> going back to like being able to shoot hoops. It's just it's very sweet and endearing. That is. And the soundtrack. I didn't throw that in there, too. The soundtrack uh, yeah. also adds to the my score. Wow. I So I when we were starting our reviews, I was like, oh, damn, I'm going to be the only one that like gives it a positive review. Uh, I'm going to give uh, seven toilet paper rolls uh, for myself here. And, uh, yeah, I, I've already kind of oozed over this movie. It's 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 so fun. And I and. It's so nice, uh, Jeff, what you were saying about watching this with Clark. When I eventually someday have my own family and, and children of my own, I am very excited to watch this uh, with a future child. Uh, hopefully that child will be my own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Are you taking one of our kids? <laughs> Is this no. how you're, uh, <laughs> you're kidnapping? You can't well, watch this with us Andrew. and Clark. <laughs> when, you know, you're you're invited. Yeah, can I join? Andrew, yeah. you're welcome to watch this with Astrid too, because sometimes I think she, you might be her favorite person. Sometimes, so you're welcome to. Uh, <laughs> I will to gladly enjoy watch this with her. Astrid. That's fine. <laughs> good, That's fine. Good, Chris good. clearly doesn't enjoy it, so somebody's got it. <laughs> but I, I was, I was thinking, um, and I was actually thinking about this. Um, we'll talk about Osmosis Jones, but I was thinking the same thing with Osmosis Jones. Um, I. It, it Space Jam more so than Osmosis Jones, and I, I can already see that you guys are disagreeing there. But, but uh, all right, especially Space Jams, maybe less so Osmosis Jones. It's such a good kids movie. Like it just has like a really like positive and endearing message, and it's like goofy. It's it's all in good taste, and and um, the Looney Tunes characters are so rich. Um, it, it's it's great. I I I I can't. I don't know. I, I love this movie. I think it's so fun. I mean, it's it's a kids movie, but I even as a twenty eight year old, I uh, can't help but uh, enjoy it. So nice. Yeah. To that point, like I remember, like there's a reference to Pulp Fiction randomly, like yes, yeah, in the movie. That's a really funny thing. Yes. Yeah. And I remember Good leaving catch. the theaters and telling mom, like, I love that scene. I did not know what it was referencing, but I was like. That was yeah. so like weird, but I love it. And then like as an adult being like, oh, I understand that reference. I still love it. Remind me, what's the scene? That... It's um, Yosemite <laughs> Sam and Elmer Fudd with like um, guns doing like the Pulp Fiction like. They shoot out. They shoot out one of the Monstar's teeth. Yeah. Okay. And they got sunglasses. But they're in black suits. Yeah, they're in black suits. That's right. Okay. That's too funny. They're dressed like um, yeah. Um, Samuel L. Jackson Julian and, and Josh Travolta. Yep. Yeah, Vincent Vega and, and Julius. That, and, Julius. And Julius. that's that's actually on that on that whole idea. That's the other thing that I really love about Looney Tunes is that like one one uh, uh, shot you'll see them wearing these suits, and in another shot they'll be doing something else. Like mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want <laughs> in the Looney Tunes world, just like stuff like that. So I'm excited to in the context of the the sequel that's coming to see what kind of silly references that they can bring about uh, just like that. Agreed. Thank you, Ryan Coogler, for working on a sequel. 
All right, so let's let's thank you, Ryan Coogler. Let's yes. move on to Osmosis Jones. I'm going to go ahead and um, get the trailer set up. You guys can do the same. Um, I've not watched this trailer, so I'm actually very curious to see how the hell they thought they could sell this movie. I just remember seeing the egg scene in the trailer and being like, I can't. I right. can't see this in theaters right. with my mom. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one. A deadly virus. A city at risk. Two unlikely heroes. And it's all inside this man's body. This summer, we're going into a body under attack from a killer virus. I'm contagious. You busted. Give it up. Why you hit so hard? It's the action comedy that gets under your skin. You have entered the city of Frank. Into your stomach. And up your nose. Just the way I like it. Extra disgusting. Please, you're going to make me vomit. Oh, no, not again. Chris Rock. You're dealing with a white blood cell here. Molly Shannon. What is it? I mean, what is it? What do you want? Chris Elliott. Just smell. <laughs> and Bill Murray. Uh... Hey, have some class, will you? <laughs> oh, my God, I've got the giggles. Osmosis Jones. I wonder what this does. Dad. I'm feeling better already. He's coming, man. Check it out. It's like they put the movie in a blender. Oh, it's all over the place. <laughs> this would be so terrible. Just put it in a blender and then people will come see it. It'll be fine. It'll be they, fine. They definitely had lines that weren't in the actual lines of the moment. Like they put in different dialogue at different animation bits. Yeah, and the dubbing on Phil Murray is incredible. Oh my god. I didn't realize this, but the Farley brothers directed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it explain so much? Oh. All right. Okay. Okay. So I had never <laughs> seen this movie. Just so Not the audience mind. can have a ha, can have a context here. I had never seen this. Cammy had never seen this. Chris hadn't seen it. I thought Chris had seen this because when Andrew suggested it, and we'll get to the actually, I think it was a good suggestion. To be to be completely honest, but it like, makes more sense than Space Jam. It does make way more sense than Space Jam, but like. When he suggested it, Chris was so resistant, like, no, let's, I'm not doing Osmosis Jones. I didn't quite understand why, and I just want to apologize, because it was a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> and I wrongfully assumed that it was a good movie because this had an animated series that was launched afterwards on the WB Kids, and I was like, wow, it must have been really successful to have a cartoon run. It had to have been successful. Little did I know that the cartoon run after the movie was only like a season long. Like it, 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 it did not make it, guys. So the budget for this Citizen Kane of, of animated <laughs> science films was $70 million. Somehow oh they found a way to spend that much money on this. I don't... That must have been a, a large amount of fraud, waste, and abuse. <laughs> The domestic total for the entire run was thirteen million five hundred ninety-six thousand. The international was a whopping four hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars for a worldwide total on a seventy million dollar budget of fourteen million twenty-six thousand dollars. Good lord! That's I don't awful. know how. How did the Farley brothers, or the writer, whose name was Mark Hyman, ever work again? <laughs> <laughs> How 
that he survived like his childhood and adolescence first of all. Okay, here's the thing. The cast, the voice cast is quite good in this movie. <laughs> Sorry, before we move what? on, to Kami, your point, I just want to make an observation that I think the reason he survived Mark Hyman is because <laughs> Okay. Is he like really muscular and big? Like, tell me. No, you know why? It's because he wasn't a pussy. humor in a body movie <laughs> that's so what good. I, yeah that's yes. the only reason oh. i thought that was allowed was because this movie is very much anatomically focused there are like oh. at least five sphincter jokes this movie and i'm like oh, i just yeah. really love that word oh, oh god this movie I, we should, is so bad. i'll save my thoughts on, on on some of that for the reviews because i feel like that's a big we're gonna have some similar criticisms. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. kind of into the review at this point. I mean, we're not. <laughs> this is the review portion of the movies of the podcast. I mean, um, oh, we're, okay. yeah, we're not gonna, we're go, not gonna go in order. <laughs> no, of course oh. not. We're doing the same thing we do with Space Jam. Oh, okay. It's it's the same. It's the same idea. We're just doing themes. Yeah, this is a little oh. bit of a different podcast. This is a little different than normal. Well, I think one of the one of the positives is that this is a great. Okay, so when I I asked. My wife Anna, if she'd ever seen this film, she perked up because she, and she turns out she really enjoys this movie and it was one of her favorite no, parts of science. What? It's one of her favorite parts of science class. So no. that's how I knew that I knew that I wasn't gonna like it. <laughs> that is so unusual because like usually she doesn't like this kind of silliness, right? No, or am I wrong? No, I don't know Anna at all. Is what I'm finding out. What? This is absolutely wrong. She's a huge fan of her sense of humor, I think, could be distilled to be very similar to a fourteen year old boy's sense of humor because a lot of the humor that she a lot of, she she very much enjoys body humor and I don't find that as, as funny really. What does um, body humor mean? Yeah, what is body Just, humor? That's a good question. Po- like potty stuff humor. Like, stuff like yeah, potty humor, stuff to do with like Oh, potty humor. P- farting and poop and Oh, he's in body, like your human body, but it's potty humor. Here's the thing. This potty, movie yeah. is so, it's so gross. Like, it's very gross. This, it is very gross. This movie is disgusting. Jeff served dinner. We sat down to eat it and we started watching gross, and like, when, like, it was, he was just, we were just inside of Bill Murray's mouth. Like, we hadn't even made it somewhere like gross beyond yet. that. Yeah. Like, I couldn't make it through the mouth. I was like, honey, we got to put something else on. We paused the movie to eat our dinner (laughs) while watching something else. But we can't watch this while while we're trying to eat dinner. While you're eating dinner. No. It was such a mistake. I was like, wow, like I can't handle Bill Murray's mouth right now. The animation's so gross. Like my naive mind was like, okay, so the moment in the beginning of the movie when he drops the egg in the monkey enclosure and he's like, ah, 10 second rule. Like I thought to myself, oh, I'm curious to ask, you know, Andrew and Chris, like, what's your guys' 10-second rule, you know? like We were so naive that this was going to be the grossest part of the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, not even in the slightest. Because, um, like, my rule for, it's... like, if food falls on the ground, if I pick it up, if there's anything on it, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah. Like. Even if same. it's five-second rule. Yeah. Well, you don't, like, like blow doesn't... it off and then eat it? Well, no, I mean, an egg is moist. It latches the things latch onto a hard-boiled egg you're not gonna be able to blow it off 
without well, like, I literally did that water. a couple days ago. I had a I had a fried egg fall <laughs> off a spatula onto our hardwood floor, and I picked it up and immediately put it back into my breakfast burrito. But that's not a monkey enclosure. It's right. Well, <laughs> well yeah, the caveat is well, my, my hardwood floor is not a monkey enclosure. Ah, uh, touche. <laughs> Oh, Astrid Monkey. So, e- e- no, I mean, we're all descendants of monkeys. Okay, so that's, it actually, that's actually was... more clever than I thought. <laughs> to your to your point, I would not eat an egg from a monkey enclosure. But you still ate it off of the floor of <laughs> yes, your home. Of course, yes, I did because, I, because I've learned so much about you in this situation, Chris. <laughs> I, I I thought you would be uh, like, oh no, don't even touch it. No, man, I <laughs> but, uh, no. I've I've, well, I've eaten food off the floor out out of the dirt I that kind of thing between camping and seer school I don't that's not a who cares yeah I guess that's fair yeah my uh, my rule on that is I try if it's it's if it's on the ground for like ten seconds not gonna do it if there's anything on it definitely not gonna do it but really ideally if it drops on the ground i'm swooping that up in a few seconds and then i'm i'll i'll, I'll eat it's not it. 10 seconds it's also 5 seconds it's 5 second rule it's really the 5 second rule that i, I stick with but who um, makes these rules now with you know chris well, now with the Dude, whole covid the thing, thing it... that shit's out the window i'm not even <laughs> even 5 seconds is that. too long technically like germs like the, the germs aren't like we got to wait 5 seconds Pause. and then learned anything what? about this movie it's too long <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on, please. <laughs> so, I don't even know what to move on to because, okay, if the audience doesn't realize this already, we did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> this movie is so bad. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's, okay, my favorite story, and I'm going to let Kami tell it is, so WB had the option when they were looking at movies to, to make, right? So there, they, there were two sort of, I don't know, finalists, you call it, I don't know. Um, one was a movie by Brad Bird, and one was this movie. What was the movie they passed up on, Cammy? Oh, it was Incredibles. Yeah, The Incredibles, which, <laughs> I, if I was fast enough, I would have Chris pull up the box office for The Incredibles, which is, I'm sure, substantially more than Osmosis and, Jones. And it's a franchise. There's not just one of yeah. them. This movie all, like very nearly killed like Warner Brothers animation like features. Like full the stop. Incredib- wow. The Incredibles box office was six hundred and thirty-three million. Yeah, that, that beats wow, what fourteen really? or fifteen wild. million that this movie made. The important context yeah. here is that Brad Bird had given them one of their biggest flops, which was the Iron Giant, which like at the time was not as critically critically acclaimed as it is today. Yeah, it's considered a pretty a classic animated movie at this point. I loved it. I watched it in theaters. I I don't classic know. Classic Vin Diesel film. <laughs> <laughs> Way before I am Groot. Yeah, but, Ooh, triple um, X. Yeah, triple X. But, um, God, I just, I can't get over this movie. Just and a pity. I, so, I feel like I'm going to be the only one that, like, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I love this movie, but there are elements of it that I appreciated. Like, the amount of punny jokes that were happening throughout it in terms of, like, referencing, like, the movie's pretty much like a buddy cop film inside of Bill Murray's body that is disgusting, as we've noted. And <laughs> there are refer like I 
there's a scene in particular where you see like these mafioso guys that exist in, in Bill Murray's armpits. Armpit. Did the foot fungus pay up yet? Nah, that does get flaky on us. Well, you ain't gonna collect nothing from him up here in the pit. Now get down there, send him a message. So, this is where the scum of Frank comes to fester. Hey, you lost, pal. This is a private sweat gland. Now beat it! I'm looking for volunteers, yo. Some nasty germs who want in on a big score. Yo, Red, we run the rackets around here. Take your little hustle someplace else. Well, baby, this ain't about no hustle. This is about the baddest illness any of y'all have ever seen. Look who thinks he's the Ebola virus. <laughs> <laughs> Ebola? Let me tell you something hey. about Ebola, baby. Ebola is a case of dandruff compared to me. All right, pal. You're out of here. Rosa, take this punk up to the face and bury him in a blackhead. When we're done with you, it'll take a Swedish facialist and six steaming washcloths to get you out. Mm, sounds like a gas, baby. Bring it on. This might be jumping ahead. That's probably one of my favorite it's scenes, fine. I it's would fine. say. There's no jumping in. There's no, there's no jumping in. There's, there's, there's no rules in this episode. Gravity Whatever is forcing us to the floor. There's no jumping. There's no shifting. We are firmly planted. <laughs> oh, well, in any case, I, I, what I appreciated about this movie was that it, it felt like it had all the same beats of a buddy cop film in this very strange context and so the armpit mafioso scene to me kind of really kind of exp um, explains that point uh, i think pretty pretty well um with that said the movie's not great but okay but to point out yeah. the mafioso scene there's like the virus completely destroys the mafia head like quite literally cuts mm -hmm. his body in half it's so yeah. violent <laughs> No, yeah, it's also kill pretty mouth. violent at times, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah his well, mouth, the, maf the mafia's guy's mouth is like, but goodbye. Or that this wasn't was, so tough. <laughs> it almost got a PG thirteen rating because it, it was, was so violent. violent and gross. So, like yeah. the villain does that not, actually first doesn't of all, surprise me. The opening line from the villain, we had to rewind. I want to say like four times. He finally put on subtitles because it sounded like he was scatting. <laughs> it's like, I think he says something like, "It's time to turn the heat up in here." We <laughs> gotta turn up the heat in here. So it's it Lawrence Fishburne, but like it does not sound like Lawrence yeah, Fishburne. Sometimes it sounds like someone else. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if Prince I, had a deeper voice. <laughs> yeah, no, if it's like Lawrence Fishburne and Prince just like tagged out each other at different parts of the movie, and they just but, kind of stitched. But it, it doesn't. It oh, doesn't God. sound like Lawrence Fishburne doing a voice. It just sounds like someone entirely different. <laughs> like, oh, it's it's phoned in, man. Every single everything in this movie is phoned in. Like, Baby, yeah. I'm gonna purple rain up in here. Like I don't know, it's just so weird. <laughs> That's super uh, weird. But like, what? Maybe this addison about this movie is just how much I disliked any, like how anxious I got anytime Bill Murray was on the screen. Like Bill Murray usually <laughs> brings me joy in this movie. It just brought me anxiety. Yeah! Oh! 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 Oh!
scares are killing me, honey. We may have to move. But, Dad, there's only four steps. If you love it here, I'll build a ramp. Oh, he's so gross. Yeah, he wasn't looking so good in this movie. I'm going to say idea, but I just did not enjoy watching him at all in this movie. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Remember who my favorite character was in this movie, though? Just so you guys are aware. <laughs> my favorite character was Drix. Drix and all. He is the, the he's played by uh, David Hyde Pierce. Um, he's essentially the medicine Brady. that uh, <laughs> the Bill Murray ingests to help fight the cold he has. Um. Special Agent Drixo Benzo Metafedramine. Drixanol, the brand that eases your coughs and sneezes. Warning, do not exceed recommended dosage. If symptoms persist, consult a physician. May cause drowsiness. Do not attempt to operate heavy machinery. Pregnant women should not handle broken tablets. Wow, I'm feeling better already. You can call me Drix. Welcome to the city of Brain. I'd like to examine your irritated areas. Woo! Never on the first date, Drips. Drips. That's what I said. No, I think you said Drips with a P. Whatever. He's kind of endearing and kind of sweet, and by far he's like my favorite part. And I think maybe it's because he's also never dirty in the movie. Like he's, <laughs> is that weird? Pristine. He's always pristine. Well, <laughs> he wears the one like germ. Like frozen germ on his head. That's like the the most <laughs> yeah. dirty. He In the gets. club scene, so he, has he wears it like a hat to like disguise uh, he, himself. He's also animated differently. I think he's when everything's kind of two dimensional. He's like three like, yeah. D animated or something. It's kind yeah. of like a mixture of mediums there. Because well, the, the other scene that I, I that animation wise, I didn't particularly care for the animation. Uh, in the scene where the virus has entered. Um, Bill Murray's subconscious and he's seeing all these video screens um, and he's entering this room and it's the, the, the screens are three dimensional but the, the virus is t still two dimensional and the way they, they, they I don't know, coalesced or brought these together looked really really cheap like for 70 million dollars they spent on this movie and it fraud, waste been, and abuse it may have the been the time got? period it may have been the time period the movie was made, the technology. No, because this movie got released after Space Jam, and Space Jam did a much better job <laughs> of integrating live action and, and animation. Same with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That got released before this movie, yeah, and they did true. a very good job of integrating the two. But this isn't even this isn't oh. even live action and animation integration. This is like three D animation and two D animation, and they just it just it took took me out of it, man. I did not like that. So wait, to go back, David Hyde Pierce, his uh, claim to fame is um, Niles Crane and Frasier. That's, what, yeah, that's yeah. what Andrew mentioned was Frasier. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. He's got a very yeah, iconic that's voice. that's how I really know him. Oh, yeah, I, I immediately was like, oh, shit, that's the guy from Frasier. Which, I, one of my exes and I, like, binge-watched Frasier. That was an interesting time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Great show, but, uh, great show. Nothing to be ashamed of. I was like, about. oh, that's that guy from uh, that show. That Fraser show. I thought it was at first. I thought it was Kevin Klein. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. See, Chris, why? How? It's, how are I our brains? <laughs> I was gonna say it's like, oh, this, this is a much worse movie than the other animated one that he's done. Here's what I enjoyed What's... from this movie, which is very little. I enjoyed the political <laughs> part of it. Of um, William William yes. Shatner, he plays Mayor Fleming, spelled like P H L E G. 
M-M-I-N-G. I See, think it's that's what I mean fun. about the puns. I appreciate those puns. <laughs> he plays like this very like like Richard like Nixon type character, and then you have uh, Ron Howard, which I what the hell was he doing in this movie? First of all, like this is he why not why? But he plays this very like JFK character um, named Tom Kalanick. Hey, Mr. Mayor, do you have a plan to deal with the fat cell housing shortage? I'd like to announce we're beginning construction on a uh, third chin. Mr. Mayor, we're having shocking. Any comments on today's plan? What do you have to say to all the hair cells recently laid off from the scalp? There'll be plenty of new jobs for everyone on the back. Uh, no more questions, thank you. Mr. Mayor, I... Not now, Leah. I have a body to run. I've got Tom Kalanick's new campaign ad. Oh, let's go. Put it on. The following is a paid political announcement. <sighs> the bowels. It didn't always smell this way. No. There was a time when eating right and exercise kept this whole area a vital center of activity. But during Mayor Fleming's term, we've seen rot and stagnation paralyze this neighborhood, as well as the colon and the sphincter. Well, I think it's time we get things moving again. I'm Tom Kalanick. As mayor, I would set long-term goals that include ordering salads and eating bran. Mayor Fleming may think that things are fine just the way they are. But I think that if we pull together and put in a little hard work, a new Frank could be right around the corner. Uh, uh, Mr. Kalanick, what's that smell? <laughs> Why, that's the smell of change, Billy. That's the smell of change. Paid for by Kalanick for mayor. And... <laughs> I didn't realize Ron Howard was in this movie. Yeah. Right? right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed that relationship between those two characters. Just, um their approaches to Frank's body and um yeah if you don't get it from those references Ron Howard's character Tom Kalanick is about like being healthy and all this good stuff and he's running when... he's running to be mayor of Frank's body yeah he's trying to beat um Mayor William Fleming Sha- yeah Mayor Fleming to become mayor of Frank's body and Mayor yeah Mayor Fleming's all about ignoring issues and just like making people happy making people happy like the um the common denominator people of the body or cells of the body. Like, whenever there's, like, something that goes wrong, he finds, like, these very, like, poor shortcuts. Like, they're saying, like, oh, like, the, like, hair cells in the head are losing their jobs. What are you going to do? And he's like, oh, well, there's going to be new jobs in the back. I thought that <laughs> I thought that line was hilarious. That's a good line. <laughs> I think the, the, the other line that really got me, just pun-wise, was they were, they were, um, they were trying to, they were about to question a vaccine so like a, a virus that had that had been entered to the body as a vaccine, and um, what was it? Uh, is it smallpox or something? No, no. Um, uh, Chris Rock's character says, you know, yeah, it's a flu vaccine, and uh, Drixel says, fluish. He doesn't look fluish. <laughs> and, and I, it reminded me of Spaceballs when they like Druish. She's funny. She doesn't look Druish. <laughs> like just the connection to space balls and obviously the, the the Jewish joke, but still, like it just it made me smile. The pun there, I just, <laughs> come on, it brought me back to space balls, and that was pretty damn funny. Like Mel Brooks, comedic legend, come on. Um, oh, and so I enjoyed that particular pun that that stood out to me as pretty damn funny. But that was like about... a three like reference jump to get to that joke. <laughs> I know, it, yeah, it's true, but still. <laughs> when they went to the kidneys to see the stones. 
<laughs> oh my god, the, the, like the that, concert that, sequence was why was why, why was that so long oh, with Kid Rock? Kid Rock. Uh, it was like a long break too. Like there was a whole song. There was a whole song that Kid Rock did. They had a whole musical break, yeah. and the amount of R and B music that's in this movie is <laughs> Bill Murray's body is just R and B at all times. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. The only connection is like Chris Rock and Brandy. Um, Oh, and the mistake when when Chris Rock accidentally says Brandy's name instead of Leah, and they left it in the movie because they thought it was so funny. <laughs> I didn't catch that. They literally Wait, they go, he, he goes what like, happened? "Oh hey, Aunt Brandy, I mean uh, Leah." Leah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the movie. <laughs> oh, 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 it's just it's such. This movie was so ridiculous. <laughs> it blows my mind that seventy million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I think a big chunk of the like, budget was just spent on like Bill Burry doing gross things like the zit pop and the, like, the, pop. the oh. throw up visual oh, effects. When they, when they zoom was... in on the zit and they like zoom in it's, it's like moving pulsating. It's <laughs> so gross. <laughs> gross. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I think because I, I saw this when I was a kid and I, I think as a kid I... I liked the idea of like the city being in my body, mm-hmm. sort of. I, I understand. Yeah, absolutely, magic school and, bus. And that that yeah. Oh god, magic school bus. Damn, that just sent me down a whole path right there. But anyway, the the to the zit popping scene. <laughs> I it, it, it's it's an interesting. Going back to the zit. Um, once the zit pops, you kind of see the perspective of. Uh, the main character is like looking at like this hole in the sky, and I don't know. There's just moments like that. I was like, that this is kind. Of, this is a cool concept in a sh- sort of shitty movie, but like, I don't. That's know. the only endearing thing. The the concept itself, I think, is really clever. The idea of yeah. watching how a virus enters the body and begins to wreak havoc. I think is absolutely fascinating, and I, I like the idea. I did not like the execution. What are you trying to say, Chris? Yeah, I know. I'm. I agree with that. That's the redeeming quality, is I think, and it goes yeah. back to what Anna said about how she really liked watching it in science classes because I think it serves as a good vehicle for learning about like anatomy yeah. and physiology and the path of a virus. And so, given current events, giving the face of Thrax to a virus, it helps to just make it so you have a better understanding of how that thing might operate. And so there, I think, is an educational aspect that I I guess I can't ignore, even though I'm trying very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, the, yeah, that's so true. Like, the main benefit of it is that, like, as a kid, like, the hope is that you watch this movie and you go, like, wow, I really need to eat better, or wow, I need to exercise more. But yeah. as an adult, it's like, oh, this is so gross. <laughs> I ate a There's salad a uh, later that day. After really? Did you guys eat a salad later that day? Oh, yeah. Some of the soundtrack is very much like body related. Like one of the yeah. early songs is hot blooded, hot blooded. <laughs> and like after that, I just kept listening to see if there were other songs related to just body stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if if anyone else caught on to any of that. So, funny story. Jeff and I wanted to be efficient the night we were watching it. And so, Jeff and I, we used his AirPods. (laughs) So, we each had a different one. 
And we're watching that scene, and Jeff was like, wow, this song. But unfortunately, I couldn't hear the lyrics. <laughs> she was hearing from the light, the left, and I was hearing on the right. And so she was getting just like the oh, backbeat so and like the backup was, vocals. Oh, I was like, wow, it's a weird remix. <laughs> so yeah, that that's, our plan did not work out that well. That's bad mixing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, um, should we just jump into favorite scenes for this one? Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to have to think, so you go ahead and go first, Andrew. <laughs> Is there anything else to say about it? Um, I mean, I, I, as far as things to say about it, the only thing I was going to point out, or like the part that confused the heck out of me, and I don't think you guys are going to probably bring too much clarity, and I could be wrong, um, when the virus steals a bit of the DNA that is then causing, like, I don't, if it's supposed to be educational about anatomy, I don't know what took place in that moment in the climax when Thrax breaks into essentially the the hippocampus, I think. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Um, the hippocampus? It takes a tiny bit of hippo, hippothalamus, maybe. Which one did he um, It's where your body regulates the temperature. body temperature. And I guess he steals like, a piece of I like the idea of, of a bunch of hippos on a college campus. That's what I just imagined. <laughs> the hippocampus. <laughs> There's a bunch of like college hippopotami. <laughs> Actually, a, I didn't think about that image, but Andrew, you just warmed my heart with that image. That's what that uh, scene should have been—just a bunch of like hippo-looking people. Anyway, so yeah. like that piece where he steals <laughs> it and then it comes back and they fix it—that that whole thing confused the heck out of me. But it just yeah. says it just says that he stole a bead of DNA that helped the body regulate temperature. So that explains yeah. why Frank's temperature skyrocketed Crunchy. past 107 yeah. or something. And so as soon as they were able to return that particular strain of Bead. dna then he was fine i couldn't tell you how that it's that, how that works it's probably a vehicle for the story more than anything else like that's that's most likely what it is i honestly. just remember like they're going on a hiking um day trip right um his his daughter and her friends oh man why the hell were they putting so much makeup on her oh my like, goodness Yes, <laughs> with fake eyelashes on a hiking trip. Like is I love the, got the it. eyelash that was just sitting on top of her eyelash, uh, her eyelid, and they were just like, "Oh, that looks so cute." But it was like, "Well, that was the thing. okay." So like, we're watching cool. the bus sequence where they're like, "She's like, oh, look, the eyelash. Let me put it on you." And we're like, "Cammy and I are sitting here. Why are they putting on on a moving bus? Like, this is a terrible place to try and put on a false eyelash. Like, it makes no sense." And then they had the freaking eyelash fight. <laughs> where Osmosis Jones and Thrax are fighting on an eyelash as it's as the it sounds like steel cables are snapping, um, <laughs> and then it made perfect sense as to why they had the whole eyelash eyelash. It was sequence. such a reach. This is a reach, but uh, for me, the biggest COVID connection with this movie, besides you know the whole viral thing, is just like something that a lot of um, millennials have had to cope with is like telling their parents to have common sense and to not go out or to do things and <laughs> like, no dad you can't go no, out. no you, you can't we, sorry you you have to get your hair done you gotta wait <laughs> like i think that's the biggest mm-hmm. connection to what we're going through right now is like trying to tell your parents like no you can't do that and having those that role reversal i hadn't even thought about that with the daughter trying to make her father healthier um, Fortunately, I haven't gone, had to go through that, but uh, I know a no. lot of people can maybe relate to that. And one days. last thing I want to put out there that made me smile was, um, and I can't remember his name, um, 
Bill Murray's uh, brother, or I guess oh no friend, Elliot. his friend Elliot. What's his name? Chris Elliot. Chris Elliot. This is the first time they were this. This is the first. Yeah, he did. This is the first <laughs> time that they were on screen together since uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, cool. Oh, Which I thought was cool. kind of sweet. That nice. made me smile. I was like, oh, it's fun seeing the two of them together. For anybody who's for... having a hard time placing him, he was uh, the cameraman in Groundhog Day. Yeah, camera operator, yeah. Oh, cameraman. operator. Cameraman. Not a cameraman. Scary movie 2 <laughs> with the weird hand. Oh, God. Take well. my strong hand. <laughs> so <laughs> terrible. He's also really good in Shit's Creek. More yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. He's the mayor. He is the. It's a great role. Yeah, I like the nightmare scene where like where they, like he's he, so like Osmosis Jones is going to the movies and the movies essentially like uh, Frank or Bill Murray's uh, nightmares or dreams. Yes. One of the nightmares. Fever is, dreams. <laughs> yes. You, but there's posters on the wall as he's walking into the theater. Yeah, yeah. And yep. one of the posters. One of the nightmares is that. Um, he ends up marrying his daughter. Well, Chris Elliott Chris marries a- the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like on the poster. <laughs> There's probably some that really great laugh. Easter eggs if you freeze frame. Like, because you have the buildings and all the titles on the buildings in Frank City. And I'm sure yeah. they're all great dad puns throughout, you know, yeah. pretty much all these frames. Yeah, yeah. They must have had some fun if you had took the time I'm, to, like, pause it. Or the, I'm or looking the inclination. At a, a, I'm looking at a still frame right now. There's the... Yeah, your worst nightmare, which is Chris Elliott uh, marrying his daughter, and then uh, "Honey, I forgot my pants." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are funny. Those are good. I enjoyed little, those uh, little posters. things like that that are pretty clever. There's a test um, today you didn't study. <laughs> yeah, that was the main one, man. Yeah, him stuck in his without his pants and yeah. Um, so we do favorite scenes. I think we're. I don't know if we've exhausted <laughs> this movie. There's so much ridiculousness to talk about, and I feel like it's. I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much. It's, it's a strange ride, that's for sure. Andrew, yeah. you are a fan of this movie. Please, any last thoughts before <laughs> yeah. we go to favorite, any favorite last scenes? words? Um, <laughs> Well, I think my I, I mentioned it earlier, but the 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 mafioso scene um, where the virus what's his name Thrax Thrax yeah um, <laughs> when he comes in and kind of demolishes the uh, the the germs in the armpits pretty much that are in like I I love it because they're like pretty much in a sauna in the armpits <laughs> and. Um, I, I I'm not sure if it was that scene, but also somewhat relevant to COVID was the idea like they discuss Ebola and how bad of a virus that is, and and then uh, Thrax is just like in his weird voice, is like, oh yeah, Ebola has nothing on me. I'm way worse than that. <laughs> it's a terrible line, but nonetheless, that whole scene I think is kind of a good summary of the the genre that it's it's trying to play in. Um, and, uh, yeah. I think Drax's <laughs> issue is that he's, like, overly that. confident because he wasn't worse than a bullet. Very he was confident. essentially just a really bad flu. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Nothing I mean, he did, Ebola, he right. would have killed him, though. Like, it's not exactly, well, like, that's, that's a flu. It's a bad flu. Flus kill people from, like, elevated temperatures. True. And the thing is that, like, you see Bill Murray, like, sneeze into his hand and shake somebody else's, like, 
Like, give somebody else a high five. Like, he's, like, showing his, like, food in his mouth to his daughter. He has, like, a lot of gross stuff with other people. He has zip pop onto somebody else. Like, the viral spread is pretty contained somehow. He's not worse than Ebola. I think Drax is just overblowing. He's a bit overconfident. He's got a bit of an ego. Mr. Thrax. Maybe Bill Murray is worse than Ebola. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah dude i love it when he's like when when chris elliott tells him to push fluids and gives him a beer yeah, the scene was so like awkwardly long he's like drink for daddy drink for daddy <laughs> this fucking oh this movie's weird and it's like the, the daughter's getting on the morning bus like all right well, it couldn't be later than 8 a.m sorry okay if i had to choose a favorite scene if i had to choose a favorite scene i think the scene that i thought was was interesting to watch was when the pollen was entering to the nose mm-hmm. and they had like the defense shooting down the pollen. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, the idea of, you know, um, our nose defending against pollen with these like laser guns or something. <laughs> I just, yeah. I was entertained by that scene. And then it comes back later, the whole pollen has a, um, plays a role in how Thrax gets away later on in the movie. So at least it had to do, or like there was, a reason why that scene was important it came back later in the movie so i'm gonna say that was my favorite scene kristen and, and, and cammy do you do you do you have a a favorite scene i don't have a favorite scene i'm giving it one toilet paper roll oh why you hit so hard <laughs> we're gonna skip ahead, ahead. <laughs> there's not a single redeeming moment in this movie no there is that's why i gave it a one what is it because it's a good what is it it's a good vehicle i think for young people to be able to use their imagination for understanding how they can get sick and that i think makes it accessible in a way that probably a textbook couldn't and so that's a redeeming quality that's not a scene just the theme (laughs) i don't i don't there's no the, the, there's it's so bad I, you know i like i like that they make convey thrax as just being very like he's dangerous like the first thing he does is he just melt melt fires the two guys on the little boat careful i'm contagious Ow. right away mm-hmm. right and he's able to cut the mucus mob boss in half pretty easily and just he, I think he also he also um, clearly kills some white blood cells because you get that blue blood splatter against the window at some point in some mm-hmm. control room. And so I think they do a really good job conveying Thrax as just something very scary and dangerous. And it can, I could see why it might be PG-13 because, like, he's kind of gnarly. But yeah. the movie is just, just awful. <laughs> Me. Um, like my favorite scene is anything with um, Mayor Fleming, because it just shows the danger. Of, like, yes, Drax is dangerous, but it's almost more dangerous to ignore the problem. Like, if everybody had just listened to um, mm. uh, Osmosis. Osmosis Jones, like the issue could have been curtailed altogether, and the mayor just like cared so much about elections and popularity with um the cells that like it just be it just got blown out of control until like everybody was in danger like the the body was the body the body count in this movie is insane everybody dies i don't know how the body recovered 
Technically, there's not a body yeah, I wonder count if because Bill Murray survives. And he's body. the only actual body. But okay, but like the the scene in which like the the whole body is falling apart during the fever, like that's what makes this an apocalyptic movie. You're seeing the body essentially. <laughs> it's the a visual, universe. The visual of the body falling apart is like buildings collapsing and fires going, and like essentially the body is is being destroyed by the fever um, of his elevated temperature, and that that's it's apocalyptic on a scale of you know cellular level you know mm-hmm. which i think is kind of which is why i think it was appropriate for us to put it into our uh, our roster that being hmm. said well, my polar like, uh... paper roll review is like the first two weeks of quarantine where you couldn't find a toilet paper roll in any store that's that's my review. I, I, I couldn't give it one. Not even zero, but like missing. They just, <laughs> they just I could find not it. find it. <laughs> like I looked, I, I truly did look in every store and I could not find one. I'm sorry. I'm going to go, okay, okay. I'm going to go with one is like, with Chris because I do think the theme, the plot, like it was an interesting concept. I did not like the way it was executed, but there, there's some endearing idea that exists within the movie so i i barely get to a one all right guys <laughs> this might be my highest review yet i'm gonna give it a 10 <laughs> no get <laughs> no, the I'm hell kidding. out of here i'm kidding i'm gonna kick you out of this zoom uh, call <laughs> i will i will i will give it a three toilet paper rolls how about that okay that's fair uh, we, we're back in. i disagree but you know Whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, it's not a great movie. I think I hesitate to give it. I mean, you guys gave it a one, and you still are like, hey, you know, there's some inde- uh, good qualities of it. I, I think um, I, I really appreciate the the concepts behind the movie. Uh, honestly, I, th- I think it is. There are many clever things in terms of the execution. It's not necessarily the best, and I think the animation um, and the live-action mixture isn't as um, uh, not as impressive as what you'd see in Space Jam, for example. Um, but with that said, I do think uh, it's, it's cool to hear that Anna watched this uh, in science class because it is a movie that makes sense for kids to learn a little bit about uh, how uh, a virus could potentially take over uh, one's body. And it's got a good message about how you have to be, you have to eat healthy and be aware um, of your health um, to not be like Bill Murray. <laughs> anyway, three toilet paper rolls. I, 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 I also, I feel like I lean towards the optimistic. And, and people, there were some people that worked hard on this, so I don't know. I'm I'm anyway. excited to see if or what the reaction is from either Instagram or in Apple Podcasts. I hope that people come and like defend the movie. I'm really <laughs> curious to see what kind of reaction it could potentially get, or people saying absolutely that movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm excited. So please let us know I if you're what... out there yeah. listening to this. Let us know what you think of Space Jam and Osmosis Jones. Uh, leave a comment, leave a, a review on you know whatever platform you're listening on, and let us know how you feel. 
Since the movie made less than five hundred grand overseas, I bet you there's a good chance that Angela Merkel hasn't seen this one. Well, you know what? Maybe <laughs> after listening to this podcast, she'll be like, I will give it a chance because I, I don't want to not see what Apocalyptic is watching. Yeah, that would be Bundabar. Uh, what what if Angela Merkel is one of, one of the people that like strongly defends this movie? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that kids I... need an education. That's not what is that? The German <laughs> dubbing like is perfect. Vital to the nation. <laughs> it is not I'll, I'll change my review. If Angela Merkel comes to to stand uh, Osmosis Jones, I will uh, I'll maybe just give it a different different point of view. How how did Angela Merkel become such a? a we have a one one subscriber She's from a Germany. Oh, character. The German, yeah, the German listener. If you are if you are our German listener, we assume you're Angela Merkel, and so I say thank you, Angela Merkel. Do not unmask yourself if you're not Angela Merkel. Please let this live on. Well, she doesn't have much uh, going on right. right now, so all she has is time, no. and she's filling it with uh, with yeah. some content. She's like ah, uh, main apocalyptic. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we've uh, we've concluded our our Osmosis Jones portion of this podcast. Uh, Andrew, I divert to you for our charity of the week. Yes. So um, I came across a really interesting project uh, in partnership with Taika Waititi and the charity Partners in Health. Um, basically, uh, Taika Waititi was teaming up with a wide variety of his friends. Um, where uh, they were doing virtual readings of Raoul Dahl's James and the Giant Peach. Um, so again, as I mentioned, this is in partnership with uh, Partners in Health, uh, which is a nonprofit uh, organization fighting uh, COVID-19 and giving support for countries around the world. So I thought that this was a really kind of great way to uh, kind of you know, be entertained, but also um, maybe it's a door into the Partners in Health organization. So uh, absolutely feel free to uh, check out Partners in Health. You can go to PIH.org. Partners in Health treats patients and trains the next generation of local healthcare workers in some of the most remote and marginalized communities around the world. So feel free to check out, again, PIH.org to find out more and also leave a donation. Okay, cool. Thanks, Andrew, for sharing that. That's awesome. We appreciate it. And uh, if you feel the desire to contribute out there, listeners, please do so. Um, And I think that concludes this podcast for uh, the week. So thank you, listeners, for being here. Good night, guys. And wash (laughs) your hands. Stay home if you can. Thank you, listeners. Rate us on whatever thing you're listening to us on and leave us a comment, leave us a review, reach out in the ways you can, and we will shout you out in the next podcast. Um, Have a good night. Avida Zainangala. Sleep tight. (laughs) Bye. All right. right. We're going to pause and be done. Well done.